You're listening to SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP, presented by SuperOps.ai, where we ask experts, analysts, and business owners what MSPs need to do now to recession proof their MSP and keep their foot on the growth pedal. Welcome to this episode of SuperPod Recession Proof Your MSP. I'm Radhika Nair, SuperOps.ai's in-house storyteller and the host of this show. I'm very glad to have Andrew Yardley back on the show this time. Uh, Andrew is the founder of Prompt PC and MSPEC Tools. Andrew has deep experience building and scaling IT services and support businesses. He launched Prompt PC in uh, 1998 and it, and it was acquired last year. Uh, one of the, um, you know, many acquisitions that have been happening in the MSP space and a great exit for Andrew. Uh, he launched MSP EC Tools in 2019. It offers a package of products, especially for MSPs. These protect Office 365 customers of MSPs from cybercrime and also saves MSPs time and provides them with a monthly recurring revenue. Andrew is here today to talk to us about why MSPs need to start charging more for they are cybersecurity. Welcome, Andrew. So glad to have you on the show again. Thank you very much. It's always nice to see you and talk to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's very interesting because the last few episodes, uh, one of the common things is that the guests have seen, you know, the earlier um, recessions, they've seen what it's like during the banking crisis. So it was very good to have that perspective. And in your case as well, right, you started... Uh, uh, from PC in 1998, and you have seen, you know, the entire uh, the 2000s dot com bus, the 2008 cycle, 2004 also there was a downturn. So you've seen these cycles for a lot of the current generation of MSPs. This is the first real, um, you know, downturn that they are witnessing. Even if the MSP uh, space is not directly affected or not adversely affected, and we are all talking about how MSPs will be seeing growth, will be seeing, uh, you know, better uh, set of clients coming in. But the fact is that the larger economy, there is still an impact and there is still worry. So I wanted to ask you uh, that first, How you know, what's what's it like right now? Um, and, and do you draw any parallels between now and what has happened in previous downturns? Are you seeing anything similar? What's, or, you know, what's different? Um, to be fair, I'm not seeing anything dissimilar to the previous recessions. Um, you know, it's all about attitude. You know, if mm. you approach the recession as a negative, you will downsize, you will scale back, you will cut your staff, you'll cut costs everywhere. But, you know, that's not what your clients are after. They want to see positivity. They want to see that you're confident about the future. And I'll tell you for a fact if you approached in that attitude that it's a an opportunity rather than a problem, you will come out on top. Uh, you know, you can help your clients. Your clients will struggle. You know, as an MSP, we deal we dealt with a whole range of clients. You name it, we got one. Uh, you know, dental practices, estate agents, uh, you you know, all of them. But what you will find is some will really struggle. Um, some will really struggle um, to make their money. So what you've got to do is assist them, help them. It's not about cutting your costs. Do never cut your costs. You can cut what you charge by reducing the service levels. 
know, give them options, give them the ability to reduce what they spend with you, but don't ever reduce your costs. So, you know, if you're charging £25 a month per machine for unlimited remote support, do not reduce that. Reduce the number of machines that you're covering. Okay. But don't cover it any, don't, do not reduce your overall costs. I say, see it as an opportunity. Don't see it as a, as a negative. Got that. And, you know, coming to the topic that we are discussing and one of the interesting points that you raised and that led me, uh, you know, to thinking about this a little more. Um, the point that you made about a lot of clients thinking that, okay, my MSP, there is something about cybersecurity that's mentioned in my package. So they are going to take care of everything that's to do with security or everything to do with cybersecurity which is not really the case, right? So I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to discuss that or speak about that a little more about, you know, why, why that's a challenge and why, uh, you know, why you think that's, that's an opportunity as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, by default, we, we typically as an MSP, we've always provided some form of antivirus or malware protection. You know, that's just computer-based. Um, but, you know, just ask yourself this question, and you do need to ask this to your clients as well. You know, was the security that we had put in place last year good mm. enough today? You know, if we if we go back 10 years, we were predominantly just protecting the service, the on-prem service. We put a firewall in place. We put some antivirus on the systems. That was it. That's all we really needed. You know, malware, uh, sorry, spam wasn't, it was about, but it wasn't being used that badly to infect machines. But look at the security threats that are in place today you know they've gone it's moved exponentially you know in the uk cybercrime accounts for 50 percent of all crime in the uk you know it, it's really high um but you say by default your clients will be thinking oh everything's covered mm. you know that's not the case we know that's not the case but what you've got to do and we'll talk about this a bit later on in the in the in the pod in the podcast um how you get to show them what is covered and what isn't and get them to say no. That's what we really have to. We'll come back to getting your clients to say no in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I also wanted to, um, you know, understand uh, to get a little more context or to get a bit, bit more understanding about this. When you say, you know, you need to charge your clients more, why do you say that? Is it just about, you know, offering more services? What is it when you say? Uh, what do you mean by charging more to your clients? Yeah, I, I think the key thing is, and this is what I used to say to my clients, you now need to put a separate line on your profit and loss account. You know, IT support is one thing, mm-hmm. IT security is another. And this is where I normally use an analogy with the clients. You know, IT support is, you know, if we look at it, if we use house as a, the analogy, well, we make sure that the house is secure. You know, the front door's in place, so we've got antivirus. You know, when you open the front door, we make sure the door opens, the fridge is working, the floors are clean. You know, it's an operational functioning house. Right. But in terms of security, security is an optional extra. You know, if you're a homeowner, you know, do you choose to put super effective locks on the front door? Or if you've got big iron bars across the front with a bodyguard outside? You know, if in the US, is that an armed guard? You know, have you got guard dogs running around the garden, uh, you know, protecting the entire perimeter? What about CCTV, alarm systems? You know, that's additional security. People can understand that. But when you're talking about anti-spam, anti-malware, you know, 
protecting your office 365 and all the other additional things, it literally goes over the head. So right. come back to sensible, something they can thoroughly understand. Cybersecurity is an optional extra. I know some MSPs charge it separately, but uh, sorry, charge it as part of a bundle package. But I think that can cause confusion for the clients, especially when you've got bean counters, when you've got the accountants looking at it. You know, mm. all they're seeing is, you know, if you look at the at, when we were at Prompt PC, you know, when I owned it at Prompt PC, you know, all they would see is against our name would be mm. a cost. You know, we were charge. you know, it could be 40, 50 pounds a month per user, uh, you know, depend on the security levels they're at, including the support. But, you know, they would only see that cost when they go to another MSP for a quote. The other MSP doesn't do the same level of stuff. It doesn't do the same level of support and security functions. So you do need to separate them out, in my opinion. So it's literally support, which is one thing, and the other one is security. You know, we tip, we know as an MSP that actually support hasn't changed. It's actually got mm. easier, in my opinion. You know, moving from the really complicated days of Windows XP uh, Windows 2000, you know, server-based environments to Windows 11, well, it's a lot easier. It's not difficult to support IT, you know, support physical hardware anymore. Right. But it's a lot more difficult to support security issues. And that's the big problem to MSPs today. Security is the biggest threat, not only to the clients, but also to the MSP. And you should right. charge extra for what you need to do. Right, and, and, and that's very and that's very true. And I wanted to come back to that point, but one of the points that you mentioned, right? The fact that if you say that you are offering say antivirus and that yes. might be part of your package as your part of your basic package, but from a client's point of view, they might look at it as okay, that's cybersecurity and that's done, which is not yes. really the case. And and in fact, uh, one of the uh, recent episodes we were talking about how you know, the clients don't want to talk about tech, right? They don't want yes. to, they, or they don't understand tech. They think, they might think that they do, but not yeah. to the same extent. And you might be speaking a completely different language to what the clients are saying. So when you are talking about antivirus, they are hearing cybersecurity. And that's something that, you know, MSPs need to be aware of while they're creating the package. And, you know, yeah. that expectation setting, right? That That's a very, very important point. And, uh, that clarity, and, and I wanted to understand that a little more. Uh, when you're talking about um, having separate separating support, your regular support and uh, cybersecurity packages, right? I want to understand that, considering again uh, your earlier point of how the threats are changing, right? It's increasing. You might think that you know the current uh, set of challenges, you have the solutions, but every day the cyber threat is changing, right? You have everything from Fishing campaigns to a lot of other things that are happening. You know, now AI is being used for cyber threats. So yeah. everything is changing. So I wanted to understand that considering this changing landscape of cyber crime in itself, how can an MSP structure their uh, cybersecurity package in a way that, you know, they are keeping the clients safe, but they are also ensuring that, you know, they are able to provide those services and they are able to make money on it and they are not losing money on it. I think the first thing to do is, you know, in marketing, you're always told to have three different packages, good, better, best. Okay. And, and work on that basis, you know, start with that, but think about the clients. So you might have a very low level client, you know, the running of a small office, 
Um, nothing too data sensitive. That might be cover your basic. And then you might go all the way up to financial advisors, solicitors, people that are really in regulated industries, your very top package. Yes. And then what you need to do is you need to rationalize what you're doing. You know, do not try and have 10, 20 different types of products. You know, go to the marketplace and see what's currently out there and try and come up with some sensible base packages. You know, most MSPs now are able to tap into a really good antivirus package for just pennies or cents. You know, that is the core thing to start with. And don't try and have multiples of the same type of product. So don't have multiple antivirus. You mm. may, you know, you might have something, you know, a lower end antivirus package, and then you might go for a really top end package, maybe Sophos or something like that. So you might have two options because you've got to support these things as well. And that's really critical. You know, you need to be profitable. And if you're trying to understand multiple products all the time, you're not going to be good at them. You're going to be passable. So when something goes wrong, all your energy is turned back into it. So, you know, you can probably pick up three, four little packages or products, you know, training devices, uh, training tools, anti-malware, whatever it is, and then build the three packages out. Uh, and price accordingly. Don't be afraid to be at least equal to what you're charging in terms of support. You know, we'll talk about how to talk, get clients to sign up for these things in a couple of minutes. But the simplest, but the thing to do is just choose three, four products, you know, even to the point of we stopped supporting a whole remit of firewalls. We chose one, you know, we just chose one because to be fair, all the products are very much the same. There isn't one that stands out way above everything else. Right. They've all got, they're all fantastic in some things. They're all poor in others. Just right. choose one. Become highly proficient in one. You'll get much better price. And if you've got a thousand, you know, three, four, five hundred endpoints, you will get a much better price than if you're trying to do 50 endpoints in this and 50 endpoints in that yeah. and, and switching. You know, and even to the point where you're going to convince your clients to move from where they where they currently are. Even if you've recommended them previously, you've got a story to bring them in line with everything else. Right. And also easier to manage as well, right? If you have so, so, easier to manage as well, right? Yeah. It's about managing it, making it manageable. Because at the end of the day, it's time. You've got to, if you look at your staff. If you've got 10 products, you've got to train your staff to be good, proficient in 10 products. If you've only got three or four products, that's way more efficient. So you bring in junior members of staff, you can make them highly proficient really quickly. And it means that you're having less problems. At the end of the day, what is it that MSPs are there to do? It's to stop the calls. You know, mm. what I used to say to my clients, my MSP clients was, you know we're doing a good job when you don't need to call us. Mm. So they will actually pay you to, to, you are working, but they're paying you not to call. They yeah. just want to know that you're in control, you're on top of it, you've got everything covered. True. And, you know, coming back to that uh, point we're making about, you know, selling this to your clients, right? To existing to new clients. You know, yes. so again, going back to that entire point of, they don't really want to talk about technology. They don't want to be no. just, that you know you have it covered you, you're ensuring that i am safe that's what they want to know and like i said most of them uh, you know they think that antivirus is what it is because that's something that 
all of us, you know, the lay person is also aware of, right? Beyond that, they might not know as much in many cases. So in such situations, how, how can an MSP really sell a package like that to a client? How do they educate? Um, because a lot of it also will involve educating the client, right? So I want to understand it. How, how do you approach this? Okay. Well, I'll tell you how I sold it. I had lots of lunch dinners. Okay? <laughs> no um, one's going to say you... no to lunches and dinners. Yes. Yeah, they, they won't say no to lunch. So, you know, what you do is you take your client out for lunch and you always take the boss. You mm. don't take an underling. You don't take a manager. You take the person that's responsible for, for owning the business. And what you do, you take them out for lunch and you ask them, what does life look like in 12 months' time? Not the business. What's their personal life look like? Okay. This might sound a little weird. It's mm. not, I promise you. But you take them for lunch and you start to talk about, you know, how many days how many days a week are you going to be working? How many holidays are you taking? Mm. What does the business, you know, what car are you driving? You get them to think about themselves. Okay. So all the time you're getting them to think about themselves. Um, and then you ask the question, what would happen if your company was breached? Mm. What would the impact be on you personally? You know, how is your reputation? You know, would it destroy your reputation? What about what your clients would say? What about would your suppliers say? What would your staff say? You all now have to get them into the point where they can they understand why cybersecurity is important to them. Because at the moment, they don't see it. Um, once they can see that it will affect them personally, you know, it'll make the, they're going to earn less money. They're not going to take the holidays. They're not going to have time with the family. They're not going to drive the car that they want. They're not going to go on the holidays they want because their company's being breached, then they will want to talk about cybersecurity. At this point, you pull out your disclaimer form. Now, you mm -hmm. might, you know, you've took them for a nice lunch. You've spent a bit of money with them. And I promise you, you know, I probably, the most I ever spent on a lunch was about £60 mm -hmm. with one client. Um, but we then went back to the office and I pulled out my disclaimer form. And on that disclaimer form, you have all the things that you're recommending. Uh, you know, you have your basics, all the, the key essential things that you think are absolutely critical and you won't shy away from. Now, what you say to your clients is, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, um, these are the things that I recommend you have. I'm not forcing you to have it. If you don't want it, that's completely up to you. But what I will need from you is a signature to say that I've told you about it. Mm. And that you're happy to say no. You're looking, you're searching for no's. Mm -hmm. okay? That's what you're after. And then you just go through it. And then you offer them the additional security functions. Because some of them are key. Now, these could be one-off jobs that you do to get things correct. But my preferred method was monthly recurring revenue. Everything is to increase monthly recurring revenue. Because monthly, revenue, monthly recurring revenue is king. Especially during recessions. Yes. You know, if you know your wages are paid, if your salaries, if everything's covered before you start the month, then you can sleep at night. Exactly. Peace of mind. Yeah. Completely. Exactly. Go back through every single one of the things that you're recommending and look at who they are. Recommend the right things. You can quite easily say, oh, you're not a financial advisor, so you don't need our top package. You're just running a small office selling right. stationery or something. Um, the basic package is the one for you. And these are the things we're going to cover. And this will be enough for what you're after. Now, if you don't want it, that's fine. But at the very end, 
what you do is you write a little disclaimer form. Uh, and what you say is, I need you to sign this now, Mr. Mr. Client. Um, you're saying something along the lines of, I fully appreciate that I've been advised that uh, these are the security measures that should be in place. I, uh, I appreciate that if I've not signed for it, if I've said no to anything, that if, there's any, if there are any breaches in the future, I take that solely at my own risk. Mm. You know, you're getting them to sign away the fact and you've got it documented, you've got it written up and signed and dated to say that they're accepting all the risks. So if something goes wrong, it's their fault. It's not yours. I'll tell you this. When you get down to the bottom and that little disclaimer, you want to, you must read that out to them. Mm. Okay. Do not let them read it. You must read it out to them. I know that because I practiced it and tested it. 95% of all the clients that said no to things in that list will turn around because they've done it to me and said, Andrew, all these things that I've said no to you previously, I really should have them, shouldn't I? And I go, yes, that's why I'm recommending. Mm. I better sign up for it. Mm. You know, as an example, I had one client, he, was, um, he wasn't even on contract. He refused to go on contract for support. You know, oh. He was paying me roughly about £1,800 a year, about $2,000 a year. Um, I took him for lunch. It cost me just under £60 for that lunch. Um, went through everything I've just talked about. He'd said no to lots of things. At the very end, I'd spoke, read out that disclaimer. He looked at me, he said, Andrew, you know what? We'd better go on to sport, hadn't we? We'd better do what you're saying. He turned into a £2,000 a month recurring wow. revenue. Wow. He was one of these clients that thought that did it all himself. He knew best until I proved to him that he didn't. Mm. So, you know, use the disclaimer form. Get them. You actively want them to say no. Yeah. You know, one, so you can get them to get to that bottom end and turn them into yeses. But anyone that still says no pretty much tells you they're not your client. Right. That they're not suitable as your client. You've got to be ready to get rid of clients. Okay, I'm not saying straight after that lunch, you wave them bye-bye, mm. but you know that they're going to be problematic to you because who can guarantee in this day and age that someone isn't going to be breached? You exactly. can't. Mm. You have to be in control. You have to be on top of it. That makes sense? Yes, completely. And one of the things that I also want to understand is, you know, quite a few MSPs, and again, going back to that entire point of how the landscape is changing, that the risks are getting um, more uh, complicated, are getting more uh, uh, diverse every day. So for a lot of MSPs as well, right, understanding what kind of security offerings that they need to have also can be a little complicated. So I want to understand that, do you... You know, does it make sense? How does an MSP decide whether, you know, they need to do this on their own or do they need to partner with somebody who is a security expert? Because that's that's also a model that a lot of people are following, right? So I want to understand that. What, what's yeah. your... Um, there's a couple of statements I'm going to make here. You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So the only time you'll find about something you don't know is when it goes wrong. Right. And the other thing that I used to say was, the more I know the more I know nothing. Mm. You know, the more you start to research something, the more you realise there's actually a lot more out there. Completely, yes. So, you know, you as an MSP, you've got multiple hats to wear. You know, you're responsible for your clients, you know, making sure they're secure and they're functioning properly and you're advising them. Remember, you're their trust advisor. But, you know, also, 
you're a manager of your own staff. You've got to do the accounts. You've got to do the marketing. You've got to do all these other functions. And that's just in the business. What about the fact that you're a husband or a wife or you're a father or, a you know, father, you're a son, you're a brother. You've got a life outside an MSP. You know, you're, right. you've got a responsibility, not just to your clients, but also to your family and to yourself. You know, don't forget that you've got a life as well. Right. So, you know, do you want to spend all your time researching? And are you sure it's correct? Mm-hmm. So my recommendation is always to work with the specialists. You know, work with a specialist software vendors that really know what they're up to. Work with the specialist companies or the specialist people that are, that are highly proficient. So, you know, Cyber Essentials, uh, security standard in the UK. You know, you can do it yourself, but mm-hmm. how much time, energy and effort are you going to put into it? You could get a member of your staff to do that. But typically what you find is you train them up and then they'll go and leave. So you've got a gaping hole in your business then that you've got to then refill. You know, these are third-party tools and resources that you can resell to your clients. You know, as long as you've got a sensible price and you're paying the industry, the going rate, if one company departs for whatever reason, you switch to somebody else. You know, one of the things that perhaps I should have spoken about a little bit more Mm is one of the things we did at our MSP was rationalize all the systems that we were working with. Mm-hmm. You know, we were covering too many things. Mm-hmm. You know, we were covering ser- uh, server 2008, 2011, SBS, server 2000, 2003, 2008. You know, we were covering lots of servers, five or six different um, antivirus packages, endless firewalls, Lots of different operating systems, you name it, we were trying to cover it all. We were general practice, you know, we were GPs. You know, we we knew a little about a lot. Mm. What you need to do is switch it. You need to be highly specialized. You need to be an expert in two or three packages. You know, so ultimately what we did at our MSP, we stopped supporting servers. We actually turned off 150 plus servers. We went down to six and we got a specialist company to manage those six servers. But we became a specialist in Office 365, Windows 10, Windows 11. One firewall solution is all we covered. And if we got another firewall that was in place that was big and expensive, we bought a specialist in to fix that, to manage it and maintain it. Because then you, you are a specialist. And it means that you can make way more money at it doing what you need to do. Right. And it's all about finding that sweet spot, right? That's something that is very critical and more I speak with MSPs and that's what I keep um, you know, getting reinforced, that find that sweet spot, find what works for you. You can't really spread yourself too thin or your teams too thin, managing, because it's just too much, right? There are too many options yes. there. If you start deciding that I'm going to be everything for everybody, that's just not going to happen. No, you spend so much time researching, figuring stuff out and all the rest of it. You know, we had quite a few clients that came to us with, uh, you know, we were Office 365 specialists. We had quite a few people that came to us with Google and asking us to support that. Mm. You know, we, at one point, I had a really large um, car company that, you know, sold lots of car vehicles. That, and they said, we're on Google, we want you to support us. We've heard great things about you. You know, that could have been a £10,000 a month contract where I looked at it and thought, that's not what I'm happy with. I'm not confident in it. Yes, there's a lot of money in it, but 
it's going to disrupt everything that I've done. So I actually turned them down. I said, sorry, unless you're going to move to Office 365, we're not going to support you. Uh, and we rejected them. You know, we, we, bring up, we brought a lot of clients in that were on Google um, and we converted them to Office 365. But do not shy away from the core things that you're working on. You know, you have to work on the business, not in the business. You know, that's what the, the business owner's job is, to decide which products they're going to work with. Spend the time understanding what's right for your business and for your clients. But predominantly, your clients don't care what you're using. They really don't. They don't care which antivirus works or which anti-spam product you've got in place. They don't care what the name of it is. All they care is, does it work? Yes. And when it goes wrong or something doesn't happen, are your team heart proficient enough to get to the bottom of it and fix the problem rapidly. Remember, it's not a case of that no MSP can hand on heart guarantee that their clients are not, not going to be breached because I couldn't. And, you know, if I could have found a product that guaranteed it, I'd have paid whatever it cost and the clients would have paid it as well. But there's nothing out there. It's what shows you out as an excellent MSP is what happens when it goes wrong. Can you prove that you've done absolutely you could to prevent it from happening. You know, can you prove due diligence? Again, in the UK, um, we've got uh, GDPR, you know, yes. in terms of protecting our data. If you use a GDPR breach, if you can at least prove that you've done everything with due diligence to the best of your ability and you're using the correct levels of stuff, you're not going to get shot down by either the, 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 you know, the commissioner or your clients. But you've got to. You, but the only way you'll do that is by by being a specialist or using specialists to get on top of it. And it means you can help. You can actually sleep at night. Hmm. You know, everything's all said and done. One of my biggest fears as an MSP owner was that next telephone call. What's that next call going to be? Is that a client that's been breached? Hmm. What's gone wrong? Am I going to lose my Am I going to lose my business? That was the biggest fear for me. Yeah, and uh, completely. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges as well uh, that MSP business owners face now, right? That, you know, every day things, and, and we keep, I, I keep repeating this, but that's that's because it's the uh, reality of it, that things are changing so drastically every day. And, um, you know, the bad actors are also getting uh, more confident and more sophisticated in their methods, yeah. right? And, and that's completely true. And one of the points when you mentioned uh, GDPR, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because, you know, along with cybersecurity and, and, you know, the MSP business model itself right now, right? Com compliance is a very big part of it, right? So I wanted you to touch upon that as well a little bit about, you know, when, when you are deciding on cybersecurity packages, when you are deciding on, um, you know, supporting your clients and or even deciding on partnering with a specialist, how much of this com compliance part uh, needs to be part of the consideration. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I'm talking about, obviously I know a lot more about that. Cyber essentials, I think, should become the norm now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, base package, perhaps not. You know, you, you talk, talk to them about it, you're recommending it, but perhaps the middle package should include everything that needs to be done to make sure that you're um, cyber essentials certified. Base package should include everything should be being done for cyber essentials to cover that. But, you know, middle package, make sure to get certified in that. Make sure that you're getting certification for your clients for cyber essentials. 
you know, compliance is highly important. You've got to be aware about, about GDPR. Now, as an MSP, we're not GDPR specialists and we never should be because it's too big a subject. It's not our responsibility. You know, lots of clients seem kept coming to me saying it's uh, about computers. So you've got to tell us what to do. No, that's not the case. GDPR has got very little to do with computing, um, mm. but having enough knowledge so you can talk about data protection. Um, yes, your clients need you to be advising them. But again, you haven't got to be the specialist. Pull in the correct people, the cyber essential specialists to go and do the assessments. It's going to cost money. But my recommendation, as I've said previously, is turn it into a monthly recurring revenue. Don't make it a 1500 2000 pound one-off hit mm. make it 200 150 200 pounds a month option give the client something where they can bite size it you're getting them certified every year they're ticking big boxes that's what you need them to do tick boxes you know because at the end of the day their clients want to know that they're being protected properly right right and then like you said right um you know they might they won't they don't want to deal with multiple people right you are their trust partner no. even if you have to go to multiple people you become that one trusted partner that one trusted advisor so they can rely on yes. you and that's 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 what matters right it doesn't yeah. they're not expecting you to do everything for them they're just expecting you to ensure that things are happening the way they should yeah i think the best analogy is we're librarians we mm. know where all the books are in the shelf and we know the right, when the client asks for which book do I need to sort this out, we know the right person to go to. Yes. Someone we can recommend, someone we can trust. Or a, a package that we know does everything that needs, that covers everything that we're up to because we trained on it. Um, you know, if something changes, the client doesn't care. They just want to know that you've got it covered. You know, if one of your big suppliers suddenly ups the price to a stupid value, you go and source somebody else client doesn't care as long as they're protected that's all you've got to do be the trusted advisor that they come to when they want to talk about security how do i make sure my business is secure mr msp mm -hmm. this is what you need to do to make it happen um and this is what it's going to cost you and that's the reason why i say make sure you're talking to your clients about a separate line in their profit and loss accounts for security you know, mm -hmm. one of the key things that's happening and it's happening globally is the insurance companies are now putting a lot of emphasis on cybersecurity. You know, so their premiums are going up. We dealt with lots of solicitors. You know, in the last three years, they've gone from not giving a damn about cybersecurity to being very concerned because some of them were being told, unless you've got things in place, all the things that the insurance companies require, we cannot allow you to carry on practicing. You know, mm. it was that it was all you've got to pay this really stupendous insurance premium. So they are begging for it. They don't appreciate that they need it until they need it. But, mm -hmm. you know, this is happening globally. The insurance companies are seeing the right, dramatic rise in, in fraud, cyber, cyber crime. And you've now, now got to come up to the level offering them the right products to cover what they need. Yeah, yeah. But keep it simple. Speak in English. Do not talk techie. Use analogies. Convert it into a house. Convert it into a car. But do not talk tech because mm -hmm. they do not. They're highly intelligent people. The vast majority, they own a business, but they yeah. don't understand our language. Crumbs, 
I don't understand our language most of the time. <laughs> you know, when I go to conferences, and I don't mind admitting it, XDR, CDR, I don't know. It, it's all gobbledygook yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Google, we can understand all of this by Googling it, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that was great. And um, Andrew, anything else that you would like to add? Anything else that we haven't covered? And, you know, we can keep talking about cybersecurity, but anything that you would like to raise uh, or, you know, highlight right now? Um, I think it's keep a positive attitude. You know, one of the most stable industries in the world is the MSP. Everybody needs their IT support company. You know, they know that. Look at what we went through in the in uh, COVID. Mm. You know, COVID was fantastic for MSPs. It really brought home how important IT is to businesses today. Your clients cannot run without their IT security okay, and their IT systems at all. You've just got to be the right per the person to talk to, you know, Something that's been pointed out many times before, um, clients do not like to change their IT providers. They mm -hmm. will only change them if they're unhappy. It's mm -hmm. not normally about cost. You know, they are more concerned about what's the level of support like? Can they actually get people to talk to? Are you talking to your clients? Go and see them. Talk to them. Find out what their problems are. Uh, you know, lunch. Yeah, take them for lunch. You know, Planning to have three or four lunches a month, uh, sorry, a week. It makes you sense about what you're eating, otherwise you'll balloon. But, um, you know, but go for lunch. This isn't lunch for the sake of it. This is whereby you're proactively talking to them and you're taking them out of the environment. You know, that's the key thing about taking them for lunch. Sit in their office, all they see is work and they'll keep being disturbed. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. Take them for lunch. They've got you've got 100% of their attention and talk to them about themselves mm. about more than anything else. IT secondary. Okay? It reinforces that trusted advisor role. You know, you're a business owner as well. You employ staff as well. You've got to get clients the same. So you can talk about the problems that you have in your business. Because and But you've got, you know, those clients normally sit in isolation. Mm -hmm. clients have you got 20 30 50 100 150 200 you've got vast knowledge about the way the world works and you can relate to their business so be human with them don't sell tech sell mm -hmm. you and yeah. sell the fact that you know a lot about the problems they're having and you can start to advise them it isn't always got to be an it solution okay don't be afraid to say no you don't need it for that do this but yeah. be someone they come back to and talk to and want to talk to. Yeah, yeah. Being a trusted advisor, right? And that's that's something that all MSPs need to um, you know, become if, if they are in already. And and like you mentioned, yeah. right? Now, you know, the MSP business is one of the most stable uh, in the current economy. And the fact that again, going back to how cybercrime is becoming such a big challenge, like you said. Every, even insurance providers are now so focused on this, it can become a key differentiator in the offering that the MSP is creating for their clients. If this is something that they can, you know, if they get this right, if they get yep. security right, then it can be a game changer for MSPs everywhere completely. Yeah. So that, that's, that's a, um, you know, I, I think that's a very, um, Great point to end this with. And uh, thank you so much, Andrew. Great talking to you. Really great insights. And 
Thank you so much for sharing some of those analogies that you use. It's uh, very interesting, especially the one that you mentioned about the house. It just simplified that, you know, that entire explanation about you know, the different kinds of security that you require um, in an online environment. So, so brilliantly. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Great speaking to you. Speak to you again soon.